Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to CLNS Media, powered by betonline.ag. Go to clnsmedia.com slash roll. Use our promo code CLNS50 for 50% off your first deposit. Who's a guy that you would say was like the first person where you were sort of starstruck? Well, the guy that I met was Walt Frazier. The big girls love that. Chicks love the last shot opportunity. Somebody give me a napkin so I can wipe my mouth. Ah. And it's the first time I saw him. It was unbelievable when I saw him. But the guy, the first guy I met actually was David Thompson. Played for North Carolina State. Great basketball player. They're telling me right now that my coaching staff's over there. Your head is supposed to be on a swivel. You're supposed to be able to look both ways when you're trying to guard that guy and deny the basketball. So I'm denying him from getting it and then denying him coming the other way and my coach is just like screaming, that's right, that's right, deny, deny, deny. And then they throw a, a lob. And I remember looking, I'm like, that, oh, that's out of bounds. Just my, my peripheral caught it. And then when I turned around, I could tell you what size shoe he's wearing. Because I was looking at the bottom of his feet. <laughs> we could see it was size 13. I mean, he jumped that high. It was just like, it, it was just like sh- a shocking moment. Okay, this is what he can do, and this is what you can't do. <laughs> so those were moments where you think about being a basketball player that you just go, whoa. That's, you know, or, you know, me, my first time, you know, uh, being with, uh, you know, I guess the first time for me is like even with John Havlicek that uh, I played in John passing away recently is the fact that his last game with the Celtics, that was my rookie year. And um, at some point during that season, early in the season, we were one and eight and Tommy Heinsohn was a coach and he went to try a young rookie to give him a spark. And I go in the game in place of John Havlicek against Buffalo Braves. I always remember it. In 1978, I scored 21 points off the bench, and we win the game. And after the game, the first person that comes over to me is John Havlicek. You think he's mad at you? Or no, something? I, I really <laughs> did. did. I did really didn't think that. I just thought that you know, I, I was just trying to see what his response was going to be. And the first thing he did, he showed me what kind of dude he was by coming over and said, "Man, that was a great job you did." You know, keep going, keep you know, keep mm-hmm. plugging. So you're going to be a good player in this league, and so to have a guy who was already a legend to give me encouragement in the first game that I played in, 
and came in to substitute for him to right. take him out the lineup and for him to be so gracious. You don't find a lot of players like this and this and like that in this world. Who's who's a player that you used to look up to as a kid? Like when you were playing ball and you, you thought to yourself, man, that guy's unbelievable. Um, I love Kareem. Okay. I, I really love Kareem. And I told him that one time when I finally we finally finally uh finished playing, uh myself and Steve Burden, the guy who does television here, had us on together and it was the Lakers were in town. And uh, Steve was telling a few jokes like, oh, Kareem, you're so tall and that. And I knew Kareem didn't like that kind of stuff. So I tried to brush over that. And I told him, I said, Kareem, I just want to let you know that when I played in college, you were my favorite player. Mm. I wore the number 33 in college because of you. As a matter of fact, I wanted to get 33 with the Celtics. Uh, my first year I had 30, number 30 was my first jersey I had. And um, I won at 33. We had a guy named Steve Kaversky. They That was his number. They hadn't cut him yet. And then when they cut him, they are like, well, do you want 33? I'm like, yeah, I already got 30. Never mind. So I kept wow. But I wanted to. So you could have had 33 I had before 33 Larry even came. would have had 33. Uh-huh. And probably would have did the same thing I did with the number 30. Was And people said, well, you, you end up. You know, having your jersey retired is number thirty-one. Well, that happened because we had uh, we got ML Carr, mm. and ML Carr was uh, was wearing thirty at the time when we made a trade for him uh, with Detroit, and uh, he had all this jewelry, all this paraphernalia with thirty on. And he asked me, "Do you mind if I, uh, you know, can I have that jersey?" And I'm like, "Man, I just wanted to be on the team, so they, <laughs> so that's why I ended up getting number thirty-one." Okay, okay. So Kareem, huh? Okay. Well, it's, it's great that you brought up Paul Pierce because that was that was my guy growing up. Man. Mm-hmm. I love Paul. I love the uh, love the underdog story. For me, that that never gets old. For me, for someone who not everyone's predicting to be this great superstar, and then for him, of course, to have his defining moment, going up against toe to toe with LeBron, going toe to toe against uh, Kobe Bryant, Finals MVP, two thousand eight championship. You know, after all those trying years in Boston, to me, that stuff never gets old. And and I just remember thinking, man. I've watched this guy his entire career, and it's not a lot of players I can say that about. You know? Yeah, I mean that Paul played here for that long, and um, and you just see how guys slip mm-hmm. in the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Pierce thought he was going to be the number two player in the draft, three, the three, at least two, yeah, three, three, someplace two. in that, right. and then dropped all the way down. And the Celtics were wondering, like, well, what's wrong? And before Paul Because they were making phone calls that night. Like, what what, what do we not know about this guy? Well, and then before him was Dirk. Dirk was taken. I mean, you think about the draft. If you had to go back in that draft, how do you – who would you take? Yeah. I mean, would would you – obviously, both guys had great careers, but Dirk would probably be the odds-on favorite. You're talking about the big German. Because he changed the game in a way that is – that you have the seven footers now shooting the three, mm-hmm. and his his range and everything, you know, changed the way the game has been played. Fundamentally, changed the way the game has been played. Absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, that was just uh, just just think about Paul and who he was, and you know, then for him to be connected with Antoine, and I mean, you're just talking about some dynamic guys who have come here, come through here and played, and uh, it's just uh, it's just surreal. I mean, we talk about things like that, and I look at, you know, even Antoine. And kind of just what happened to him during that time. Mm. And uh, looking back on it, and and I was 
I was there for that. I, and I don't think I could have stopped any of it, but Antoine had, the thing that Antoine had, besides a gambling problem, was Antoine had, his heart was too big. Hmm. He was, he could not release the hood. He, it was like, some some guys have it. They have remorse when they come into the league and their boys didn't make it. It's like, damn, I, I got I got to show you love. You got to take care Instead of you. Instead of, you know, you being a grown man and going on with your life. That's why I had a lot of guys who, you know, hung, who were hanger on us. I mean, there were there were people who were going with Antoine who were literally taking his, you know, he'd get a room for him. You know, he had a posse of about four or five people and get a room for everybody, pay for their room, and then have, you know, them on his credit card. The dudes are going downstairs to the gift shop getting watches, you know, all kind of things that just like, oh, my goodness. And you could see it happening. I mean, I remember one story in particular. And, you know, people say how you have stories. One particular story about Antoine Walker, and I was there at the time. Antoine was a gambler. And, you know, the thing you're never going to do, you're never going to be the casino. Mm-hmm. And Antoine would go, and he would just try to beat the casino. And I remember one one game in particular, I was standing behind him. I was happened to be at Foxwoods, and he was playing blackjack. And it's a little room by himself. He's playing, uh, if anybody knows what the game is like, he was playing $5,000 a hand. And he was playing three hands. So essentially, he's playing $15,000 on every hand. And this one hand I do remember so well is Antoine called a 8-3-6-5-7-4. And he doubled down. Another 5000 another 5000 He had bundles, bundles of money. And the dealer had a six joint. And the dealer, he turned, the dealer gave Antoine, if you know about Blackjack, gave him one card, gave him a face card, face card, face card for 21. So that's double double and a half mm. of your money and the dealer ended up busting out and that was gosh what it's like I don't even know what it's thirty forty thousand dollars or sub fifty thousand dollars and that's what I'm saying it was more like I don't even think they looked at it that way I think he just looked back like it was monopoly money it wasn't it wasn't even real me watching him play wasn't even real I wanted to say dude stop you know you won <laughs> let's go home let's leave now but you know, I think it was just the guys get so competitive, but you can't. The thing about, you know, playing cards and stuff, that's why a lot of basketball players aren't good poker players. Mm-hmm. Because when you get hit, or any athlete, they tell you to hit harder. And when you're playing poker, you have to wait for the exact opportunity. You have to be very, very patient. A lot of times, athletes aren't the most patient people when it comes to playing cards or doing those kind of numbers mm-hmm. like that. Man, that's a lot. I can't imagine how many uh, people that he had in his circle because I, I can imagine those guys had a, a girl or they had a friend of a friend that were tagging along and then you just think about all those months no, and yeah. years go by. And at that time, he was what, on his second deal? Because he was on his rookie contract, right? I say he was in the early 2000s. I want to say then he was probably still on his rookie contract. But, you know, he signed a big deal with Adidas. Well, that was uh, Adidas. Adidas. Yeah. 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 I remember yeah, the commercial. So big, big, you know, employee number eight. Yeah. You know, it was I get baskets. Yeah. yeah. And so so there were, you know, yeah, it was, uh, it was a, a fatal thing that he was involved with those people. And then, 
you know, he he uh, was with you know just a got up with the wrong crowd. But he was a is a great guy, mm-hmm. but he just did not know how to say no. Like no, no, dude, you can't. You know, I'm not taking this posse. I'm not taking, you know, seven people. I'm not taking eight people. You mm-hmm. know, on the road with me. So that that was probably to his detriment. Paul Pierce was <laughs> like exactly the opposite. You know, he would hold a he hold a dollar till it turned into five dollars, <laughs> which was smart <laughs> on his case because you know. But uh, I think Paul watched Antoine and his dilemma. And just uh, you know, kind of packed it in and said, "No, I'm not going that way." He didn't roll deep either, right? No, Paul didn't really roll deep. Paul yeah. had a couple of his boys, and I think it was my trusted friend, my school, and that was pretty much it. But you know, certain guys do, and certain guys don't. Do you see anything like that now on the Celtics? I think the guys know. I think the guys now are down to like you know one player. No, oh, okay. Or one like you have a guy who is a. I think Terry Rozier has a guy right now who yeah. is. His chef. Yeah, his I see that guy all the time. Yeah. and all that stuff. Tatum's got a couple of people, too. Yeah, Tatum. I think Tatum really, to me, it seems like that's just more like his family. Yeah. So I think yeah. that everybody now, I think if Kyrie probably has the most people, his dad and a couple of friends mm-hmm. like that. But for the most part, I think that the years of the posse is now gone. Yeah. I don't think that, you know, you're running deep with five or six guys, yes men and all that stuff. I think... Guys learn from their their uh, their faults back then. How'd you start cutting people off? What's the story? You just started- I didn't. I never had one. I never had no? people that you know were like that. You know, the only person I remember like was actually my brother. My brother came to uh, Boston just out the blue one time and said, "Could he stay with me?" I said, "No, you can't." <laughs> and this is my brother. Come on. Oh, you can. And Damn, I told, Max. And I told him, I said, look, this is what I do, dude. I'll get you a hotel room for a month. You're a grown-ass man. I'm going to get you a hotel room for a month. And then, you know, you're going to have to fight your own on battle. He can't stay with you? No. He couldn't stay with no. you for a month? No. One month. Dude, my brother was not the cleanest dude in the world. I mean, I remember that with clothes my brother had. He drove. He not even a month. Max. No, dude. He <laughs> came. From, he came from. That's Houston. your brother. He came from Houston with a bag full of clothes. He stayed for a week. A bag full of clothes <laughs> that my brother at that oh, time he were, squeezed a week out of you. No, they were. They were. You know, literally, he was sweat and he throw the clothes in the bag. So he had these clothes which were mildew. And you put them in my washing machine, and my washing machine smelled all the beer. I mean, like just funk my house up, and I'm like, damn. Nah, this ain't you got you got to Yeah, you got to do. He's in Houston too. That's Houston yeah, Heat, right? Yeah, there. Houston Heat, and he came up here to Boston. And no, nah, now nah, you do. No, nah, you. And this is my brother, so I had no problem like that saying, you know, no in that in that vein about you know people and, and posses and hanger owners. But you know, I think that there's still pitfalls about handling money and stuff like that, which come into the play. And you're going to see a lot of athletes who will sign these $100 million contracts and $200 million contracts, and they won't know how to handle their money. Yeah. I mean, the best advice I would give some of these guys is, like, take your money. Don't go through all these tax shelters and all that stuff. But take your money after it is taxed. Take it down to uh, Bank America or Wells Fargo, one of these banks, and say, Put it back there in your vault. Mm. You keep it, and I'm gonna live off the interest. If they, you do that, you would never, you would never go broke with the amount of money mm. that they have. And that's it. So, but I think a lot of the guys get this thing where they, they have these, um, uh, I guess, financial advisors. 
and you have those financial advisors like Bernie Madoff did to a lot, a lot of people. And mm-hmm. a lot of guys have, you know, same. Look at look at Kevin Garnett. Reportedly, Kevin Garnett's agent stole seventy million dollars from him. Seventy million dollars. Seventy million. Seventy million cash. Yeah. And can you imagine seventy million cash is equivalent to I think maybe. A hundred and twenty million dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, after ta- after you tax it, you get maybe around about seventy million or something like that. So he's hard. and you, you nobody can take that kind of hit as you, after you leave the game. Right. I mean, that you had seventy million dollars in the bank and you got a judgment for it? that judgment is like that toilet paper that you you just used in the bathroom. <laughs> it ain't no good. <laughs> It'll sit there and it will smell and whatever, but that's all that that's all you're gonna get. You'll never get that money back. You will never get that money back. And I really felt bad because Kevin is such a great guy, but to have him in in that line was uh, was just kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially because he's no one, no NBA player has made as much money as Kevin Garnett. Well, I don't know. I'm not sure. Shaq might, maybe, yeah, he might be that guy. Yeah, just NBA contracts. Yeah, maybe Shaq did for a while. And but then you look at the flip side of that, and let's look and see how Shaq has operated. Mm-hmm. Shaq has now become has made more money outside the game than he ever made during the time he played. He played, yeah. He make he's making some place in the neighborhood. He said of uh, almost fifty million dollars a year mm-hmm. with Turner and you know the general and and all those the things. General, yeah, right. the general. The ocean, yeah, whatever. The, yeah. yeah, you know, uh, icy hot <laughs> yeah. and then everything that Shaq does and. There, there are certain guys who he. I would have never thought that he would become that magnet because he's so big. He's almost unreal when you look at him compared to right. other people. Yeah. I thought that you know maybe Kobe Bryant was going to be that person, and then what happened to him? You, you, you have to be careful in this life. And Kobe Bryant's pitfall happened, you know, when he was accused of rape yeah. of the girl in uh, Colorado. Denver. Yeah, and uh, that just that just all of a sudden took him from. You know, Kobe Bryant to Kobe Bryant the pariah, mm-hmm. and uh, and I've met him before, and I, I really like Kobe. Uh, I think the last time he was in the Garden, um, he played the game against the Celtics, and uh, I think the Lakers won. And I was doing a um, a broadcast a hit for a television station afterwards, and um, you know all the. Football players, everybody was here to see Kobe, and so they were waiting, waiting, and they said, "Everybody out!" Kobe Bryant was doing a um, a pod. He was doing a uh, not a podcast, but he was doing a video of all the arenas he played in. Mm-hmm. His family, his wife, all these people. And I was standing there. He came up to me and said, "Max, Max, man, I just want to let you know, man." The reason I play as hard as I did is because I used to watch you guys back during the 80s. And I used to be sitting there going, get him, get him, get him like Kobe. Whoa. And it was just wild for me to see Kobe Bryant acting like a kid. I'm like, damn, all right, Kobe. Like a fan. Yeah. And then later on, I think when he finally played, we played the last game against the Lakers, uh, in L.A., the Celtics, he was saying goodbye to everybody. He was going to walk off the court, and he thought for a minute, and he stopped. And he came back over there. He was walking towards Marcus, and Marcus put his hand out. He walked right by Marcus and came over to me and like, Max, I just want to say, and I was like, man, you know, I just wish you luck. You know, I hope that, you know, everything goes well for you. And 
You know, he was uh, he was he was an ambassador of the game. He, yeah. he was an, really an ambassador of the game. He took it to another level. I don't think that you're going to say too many times you're going to go past Kobe Bryant if you think about maybe one of the top, at least one of the top ten players of all time, if not maybe the mm-hmm. top three players of mm-hmm. all time. I just love hearing him talk about the game, like the way he breaks it down, the way he, you know, I, I love how he's taking on this new role of dropping these like videos every now and then talking about how someone like Kyrie Irving is able to score or what's makes what makes them so productive or whenever he has these sit down interviews it's just fascinating stuff the different topics he talks about and how he's grown since being that 18 year old kid who first came into the league like I remember that from the beginning you know thinking all right this guy is pretty good but you weren't at least for me I wasn't exactly sure if he was going to be one day the best player in the NBA I don't think nobody I don't think anybody saw that because if they did there's no way in the world that Charlotte would have traded right this episode of the Cedric Maxwell Podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. When you head over to clnsmedia.com slash max and enter the promo code CLNS50, you get 50% back on your first deposit by betting online with BetOnline.ag. There's plenty of action right now. You've got NBA playoffs going on, the NHL playoffs going on, and you also have a virtual casino where you can win plenty of money. Thanks to our friends over at BetOnline.ag. Head over to clnsmedia.com slash max. Enter the promo code CLNS50 and you'll get 50% back on your first deposit at clnsmedia.com slash max. Enter the promo code CLNS50. All right, let's get back to this podcast. You think about players and where they played at for their career and you go, Kobe Bryant, Lakers, perfect place. Mm-hmm. Where else could you could you see Kobe Bryant playing no. in Charlotte? No, no, being, no. I mean, it's like Michael Jordan playing with the Bulls. Even when he left and went down to Washington, that was just, eh, no, nah, we, we good. Larry Bird, <laughs> could you ever seen that? Ever seen Larry Bird play for, and the greatest he was, could he had fit into L.A. Mm. I mean, he's a great player, but right. he was made for Boston. Magic was made for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at um, Walter Payton. He's made for Chicago. Yeah, yeah. You can just look at players going down the line. Broadway Joe. Made for New York. Made for New York. Yeah. I mean, guys like that now. and But now you look at how guys change. LeBron James isn't that way. You don't think mm-hmm. about him like, oh, Cleveland. He was made yeah. for Cleveland. It's like, it's like Although, chapters. Yeah, like it's just like you're going yeah. through chapters with players and yeah. you're saying, you know, their career. You know, some of the last great ones you'll see, like Dirk played with the Dallas Mavericks mm-hmm. for all those years. Yeah. Even Vince Carter, as great as he is, how many teams has he been with now? Yeah. He's still six, going though. Six, seven. He's coming back. He's coming back for another one. Back yeah. again. He's gonna play. He's gonna be able to say he's played in three different decades. I'm like, who is taking Vince Carter though? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't bad. He, he, I mean, he had a he had a good showing. This the year, Hawks. That's who. Feels like the Hawks ain't got shit to lose, man. I mean, of course, the on, Hawks gonna take his on, ass, man. I mean, come on. I mean, you. Yeah, at a certain point, you you know you taking the you taking the job of a younger man. Oh come on, man. What are you, Gilbert Arenas? No. He said the exact same take. It. It, that's how it is. You wasn't meant to be in the game yet. It was not your time yet. If you can't, if you can't beat Vince Carter for a roster spot, you gotta keep grinding, man, and wait a couple of years, and then you'll. Well, get I don't think that anybody would look at Vince Carter and say, "Okay, we're gonna take him with the first or second. I mean, I know he's probably a great guy for your locker room and all that, but still, just the fact that you were that old, what is? Yeah, I just, I, he's doing his thing though. It's not like he's just sitting at the end of the bench. What you put up about seven, eight points. 
Mr. Carlo was averaging 25 points a game. He's down to seven to eight. <laughs> what you think you're gonna keep? You think he's gonna be able to keep doing that yeah, at, yeah. at age 40, I'm 41, saying, 42? Dude, there's a time for everybody in sports. There's a time for everybody in sports. I that, agree. That you can okay. go too long. Muhammad Ali, I saw him go too long. So I'm going too long. Yeah, but Vince Carter was Vince never. Carter was the, the, he was never named the best player in the NBA. He, he was one of the best players in the NBA. Vince Carter was yeah. one of the best players. Yeah. When did this happen? Vince Carter was. Vince, they used to say half man, half amazing. Yeah, he would put on a show. I he mean, was a but, showman. But, but I'm just saying he was when, never one of the best players year, in the NBA. Think about think about this. The best, probably maybe the most iconic dunks of all time was by Vince Carter. Okay. When he dunked on... That make him the best Patrick, player in the NBA. Friedrich Weiss or somebody from you Germany. Remember, you remember what this dude's name? I don't know what that dude's name is. <laughs> well, I know it was Weiss and he jumped over him in the Olympics yeah. and, I mean, catapulted him. Yeah, KG, had, guy, a, KG yeah. had the best reaction. Yeah, that was yeah it was like, <laughs> I don't care who you are. I mean, you look at... Paul Pierce's last year. Look at Kevin Garnett's last year. Okay. Uh, when he played with, you know, played with Brooklyn. Right. It's like, okay, dude. It's it's time. It's it's you know it's, <laughs> No, it, man, it was Minnesota too. He went back to Minnesota. He was helping, he, he was helping Cat. He, he was helping Cat. But yeah, he wasn't he was the same time dude. to go, man. It's like Michael Jordan when he came back. Again, that's he was the best player in the game. He what but he but when he came back, was he the best player in the game? No, no but, but he was still putting up twenty. He was still putting up twenty. Point, it's time, give him that. He was dude, putting up twenty. It's time to go. It's time to go. Nah, Vince is Vince is all right. It's time. It is, it is. Everybody has a has a point. I, I remember with see, me. I, I, I remember with, with me when I got there, and they were like, "Well, you know, I think in my last team I played was the Houston Rockets, and they ended up cutting me for a salary cap." And my attorney said, "Do you want to play with the Sixers?" I'm like, "Nah." I said, "Dude, I I, 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 I got my last rebound. I got my last. I can't. I, I, you were already checked out. I'm you were not ready. done. I, I am done. I'm, I'm absolutely done. So there, there are times when we look at it. I mean, there was sometimes you look and you said, you know, for for example, you look at things and you said, Big Poppy could have played another year. Yeah, he could have. That was your thing. You like Big, yeah. and but he walked away. I mean, Ray Allen, to me, is another guy I thought was going to come back and play another year because he was just a shooter. Yeah, but see, Ray and he was in Ray, great shape. Ray wasn't going to be that guy who came off the bench and played 10, 12 minutes. No, that's what he yeah, was doing. Right. No, that's what Ray was doing. He no, was, no, no, no. I mean, okay, scratch that. I mean, he, he was willing to do that yeah. before a championship team. Yeah. Yeah, Ray came up, but I mean, he wasn't like, going go to go to he mean, wasn't go to the Hawks, you know, you, so you, to speak. That kind but, of. But you look at that kind of role. You look at guys now. And you said, did Poppy leave too early? Or did he leave on time? And here's the thing that you always say. You th- <laughs> always, leave them, always leave them with them wanting more. Okay. Not like looking at you going, man, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> it's like, so those are, I mean, that's just, you know. And like, you know, when Kobe Bryant's last year. Like the, you know, come off that game and what did he score? Seventy points or sixty points that last game he played. Unbelievable, yeah. And you know, and then you it's know, incredible. And then I, you know, the response from Obama that time was the one where Obama, you know, mimicked him where Kobe had the mic and mm-hmm. dropped us said, you know, um, uh, Mamba out, Mamba out, Mamba dropped out, the mic, and yeah. dropped the mic, mic and then Obama said, you know. Obama out yeah. like it's just Legendary. that again how sports are viewed in a way that they transport you in in different uh, areas you know even myself it was 
it was uh, <laughs> we I laugh about it, but Tip O'Neill was our great uh, um, senator uh, from Massachusetts, and you know you got the Tip O'Neill, you know, uh, tunnel and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Well, Tip O'Neill quoted me one time. He was talking to Mister Mister Reagan, and he said, "Mister Reagan, to the Promised Land line." He said, "No, he said." You know, I'm going to quote a famous Celtic player right now. <laughs> and he's talking about taxes. And he said, Cedric Maxwell said, if you're afraid, get a dog. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, even then, I look at things going, wow, that's just really wow that, you know, that's a little country boy has been the president of the United States. Here's my Cedric just Maxwell. Quoted you. Who, the, who the hell, you know, so <laughs> those are those are things which, you know. To me, the fire, you know, the fire logic when you think about it. I think I was telling you a story before about uh, the great uh, comedian Bernie Mac. I was at uh, an event in uh, Puerto Rico, and it was uh, Muggsy Bowes was in his heyday, Dale Curry, or several other players, Alonzo Mourning, people like that. And they were all going up to Bernie Mac, and they were introducing themselves. He said, hey, I am uh, I'm, I'm Dale Curry. Hey, nice meeting you. That's what Bernie Mac said. I went to Muggsy. Muggsy said, I'm Muggsy Bowes, you know, nice meeting you. And then I go up, I go ready to shake his hand. And he said, I know who you are. You cornbread. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who the rest of these fools are, but you damn cornbread. <laughs> so I, I'm telling you, it's just crazy how those things just kind of transpired. Even with the 30 for 30, which just played, you know, a couple years ago when it was Celtics Lakers. I met um, Jeffrey Osborne has a celebrity. <laughs> Uh, golf tournament down in uh, Foxwoods every year and um, I was down there and I'm walking in and the first person that screams at me is Cedric the Entertainer. So man said I can't believe you were so nasty on that thing man. <laughs> and then right beside him was Chris Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker's like man, come on Ray. Man you was at me and I'm telling you man you was bad man. I can't believe you said that the word that man, I, man, man, man. <laughs> But so it's just strange how a lot of it's really funny how actors want to be sports people, ball, ballers, and ballers, yeah. and then ballers want to be, want to be the actors, yeah. so. or even like the early, like yeah. the early two thousand, late nineties, they wanted to be rappers. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. everybody wanted to be, everybody yeah. wanted to be a rapper. Yeah, but then, Kobe was rapping, at yeah, one point. right? But then all the rappers want to be ballers. They want to be ballers. They want yeah. to be ballers at the end of the day. You know, Drake right now, you look at the guys who come to the game. Drake was always at the game, yeah. you know, with Toronto. Or in the time that was astounding to me was we're in the Boston Garden and these cameras, it was playoffs, and we're playing um, the Cleveland Cavaliers. And uh, LeBron was, you know, was, was in his heyday. And then these light bulbs start flashing and cameras and and out of the crowd, I'm like, damn, who is coming? And then through the crowd comes Jay-Z and Beyonce. And they wild. sit in the front row. Yeah. And everybody was like, oh, oh, man. And it's just so wild to see LeBron knowledge them. And, and even to the point, uh, Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, you know, with uh, him, Isaiah him Thomas. and Isaiah right. yeah. making yeah. connection. Last year, was it... Um, uh, uh, Kevin Hart. Yeah, Kevin Hart. Was at the game. Philly. You know, with Philly. Yeah, Meek Mill. So, yeah. Too, so, yeah. you know, Meek. Okay, Meek Mill. Sorry. <laughs> That's a whole nother story <laughs> for another time. <laughs> okay, Meek I'm, and Bob cry. Yeah, Meek. And, <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. Let me just say this to get this out of the way. <laughs> what you got? <laughs> I, ain't, oh, I ain't hanging out with a. a I'm 70 years old. 
ain't hanging out with no rapper. I ain't, I ain't got nothing in common. I have, I have nothing in common with this dude. I'm telling you. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do I mean? You partying? The up. You're having 70, a good time. The dude is seventy-five. You know Bob Kraft likes to party. That's not, that's not a joke about what recently happened. Dude, in general, dude, I, the, the, look, the man rages. He look, goes nuts. Look, he goes. He I, wilds out. I love to go to. I love right now to go to Hollywood and go to you know the Oscars. But don't mean I'm going. I mean, there's certain things in life that you'd say as a man that you put down and going, no, that, that ain't for me. I'm not, that that doesn't seem like those are, that, you know, what they say, one thing that doesn't go with the other. It's an odd couple. You put, <laughs> it's an odd couple. You, okay, you put those two guys together, me and Bob Crab, you're going, eh, there's some trouble coming someplace. <laughs> so... You know, and I like Bob Kraft. I mean, so that was his first mistake. <laughs> that's where it started. Man, this is the thing <laughs> that, that where it all started. I don't even know what happened there with that. It's that's a whole another story. But man, I I, I just don't know what a a seventy something year old man is going to have in common with a twenty something year old. Yeah, twenty twenty something year old rapper. I I just don't know. I mean, my one experience with rappers was um, I was in uh, Cleveland. Rick Pitino had got hired that year and uh, we had just came in for an exhibition game and we were playing the next day they were having a, con- a rap concert at the at the venue at the uh, stadium and uh, that we were going to play at so when we walk into the hotel at the Ritz Carlton in Cleveland and coming down the hall was all these young black kids Pitino was like what in the world is going on here and then as I'm walking down the hall I see Lil Wayne I see Juvie oh, I see all these dudes I'm like wow I said you know, cash oh, money millionaires yeah cash money millionaires I thought it was cool until my room was actually it, we've all done this before I had a, jo- a door which adjoined to their door yeah so Man, they are blasting music. I mean, they are pumping. Now, I am, I don't know, 49 years old, whatever I was at the time. I wasn't knocking on the door going and say, yo, man, let me, let me in there. With they, them? No, no. You didn't party with them? Why not? They making that noise in there. What I wanted to do. It's because you, you hate rap. That's no, why. no. What <laughs> I wanted to do. No, because I, that's not my era. What I wanted to do at that time was that I called downstairs because it's making so much noise. I said, excuse me, uh, can I get another room? Because they're making a lot of noise beside me. And the lady says, well, no, sir, we're, we're full. But what we can do is we can have somebody come up there and talk to them. Whoa, whoa, don't, don't worry, honey. I'll just have to listen to the rap music for the next three, four hours. I mean, they didn't go to bed until almost six o'clock in the morning. But I was like, no, we, we good. Now, that's what I'm telling you. That's my circle connection. Rappers? I was 49. I was close to their age. But I wasn't knocking on the door saying, dude, yo, man, let's hang out. Let's do this. Bob Kraft would have been let, in let, there having a good old time. Let's chop this thing up. <laughs> no, nah, dude, I don't be chopping nothing up. I'm, I'm good. I got kids. My kids were older than them dudes. So <laughs> I don't be chopping it up with them. No. <laughs> Teenage Lil Wayne. Oh, you yeah. I mean, Lil Wayne and, and Juvie and both of them were... BG? Yeah, they else? were... Oh, man. They uh, they were... Their eyes looked like... Uh, um, they were fiery red. All of them were just as high as they could be. I was going to say, how much smoke came from that room, man? I'm well, sure I had you, to put... You probably I actually, got a contact. No, I actually tried to put, you know, that towel that you put between the door to keep, you know... What you know about that, Max? Yeah, to keep the smoke <laughs> keep out. keep the smoke out. 
They tell you that, right? They tell you that in the fire situation. Didn't you learn that in school? And smoke is coming towards heard, your room. What they say? I heard it's for another wet, reason. Wet the towel. Moist it. Put it under the yeah. door so the smoke won't so come in. So you can in. smoke and you smoke, it won't come out the door. Smoke kills you. That's what they say. I was making sure no smoke was coming in my room. <laughs> so you want to ask what me I'm, about. What I'm used to is be on the other side. Well, yeah, maybe you on the other side <laughs> with the smoke in your room. But I'm too old for that to be, you know. My father, of all people, I love him to death, accused me that one time. And there was one of those moments, those high school moments that you have. And I must have been about 14 years old. My father just got back from Vietnam. And he says, Cedric, come back here to the room. It was almost winter time. It was fall. And um, he said, close the door. And I'm like, oh, hell. <laughs> what I you do? know, something. Do? He, he, we all know yeah. that point. Like, yeah. close the door. Like, what happened? Yeah, my dad would just have this look. You just yeah. knew. Oh, no. So he has, in his hand, he has a leaf. And he asked me, he said, what is this? I'm like, damn, this may be a trick question, but I said, it's a leaf. <laughs> the old leaf because it came off a tree. Right. He said, looks at me and says, no, this is marijuana and you've been smoking it. <laughs> what? <laughs> Dude, I'm, I was afraid of my own shadow. <laughs> so my father said that to me. I was like, dude, I don't smoke. It's the one time I remember laughing at him and actually walking out. Yeah, and, you weren't scared because like, no, I, I didn't do anything. No, <laughs> I didn't do anything. But he he swore, you know, because he had been in Vietnam. That he was back and he knew that I had some, somehow transported marijuana into the house. And it was a leap. It was... I mean, it was a, like this brown leaf off of a tree, like that you would see during the fall. It wasn't even green. No, it was a, it was a brown leaf, which is off of a tree. And my father just claimed like I was smoking weed. I'm like, whoa, whoa, dude, not not me. I'm not the one. Oh man, that's too funny. Somebody give me a napkin so I can wipe my mouth. Oh, what's he gonna do? You wanna get down? You get in there, you knock it down. The big girls love that. Chicks love the last shot opportunity. You want to get out?